All right. We know we hear that cliche that the only poll that counts, of course, is the one on voting day. But it's true. And um, the projections are, are rolling in. They have been all day. Our Ipsos polling, which we have been doing our global polling with, has uh, given its projection. They are suggesting a PC majority. Uh, but that means you have to go and vote. So if you think you can sit home and everyone else will vote for it, you can't. Tomorrow is a major, major, major ground game. Because you know the unions will get everybody out to vote. They'll pick you up on a bus <laughs> that you paid for. But they'll get you out to vote. Uh, but there is a new pollster in town. We've been uh, talking about her using her numbers and uh, introducing you to her. This is Polly. Uh, new polling that uses artificial intelligence. So Polly, unlike the traditional pollsters, can sample huge sizes. So a traditional pollster could maybe do 1,000, 1,500. Polly can do, you know, 100,000, give or take. And she decided Brexit, Trudeau and Trump with relative ease. But this election's been challenging because it's too close to call. Too many undecided. So can she call it today? Let's find out. Let's bring in Erin Kelly because she's president and CEO of Advanced Symbolics and she joins us now. So, Erin, you know, Polly uh, decided Brexit, Trudeau and Trump, I think with relative ease, it was a bit of a challenge with Brexit. It got a little bit down to the to the three day point. But this election, I think, has been much more challenging. Why? The election's been challenging because we, you know, at the beginning we had the uh, this Patrick Brown stepping down. We had a leadership race and, and, you know, just in the lead up to the campaign. So fresh face. Um, we've had, obviously, Kathy, the leader, the premier, kind of throwing in the towel um, less than a week before the election. So a lot of drama, some scandal, um, and a high undecided vote. So it's been very dramatic, very engaging. We've seen that uh, people in Ontario are very, very engaged in this election, and it's a big vote for change. So it's been, it's been really, really interesting. We've had all the drama that you'd expect from a you know, very interesting election. Yeah, you call it interesting. I, I, I can't tell you how glad I am to see this campaign end, because in my coverage of elections, I have to say this is one of the ugliest uh, with all the mudslinging. It was so much mudslinging. I think Ontarians were kind of um, robbed of knowing the real policy and, and, and options that they have. We know it's interesting. We noticed time and again, the scandals didn't stick. It didn't matter for which party, the scandals with the electorate, they weren't sticking. The electorate were, they were talking about things like the economy, jobs, taxes, healthcare. We really saw time and again, the electorate were discussing the issues. Um, and I think the electorate is ready for a more positive and um, policy-based discussion during campaigns. I think I think the leaders think that the electorate is is pulled by scandal and yeah. pulled by these things, but they they are not. We we saw time and again through this campaign, people were not being pulled by that. They were they were debating the issues. Yeah, and I think that's fascinating because either that says um, that that the leaders and the parties need to get back to what they do, which is to sell good platforms, good policies, and or the media need to start shifting and and demanding. Uh, that we have less tabloid and more uh, actual policy discussion. So I think that's fascinating. Yeah, and I think people need to understand that it's not the mudslinging that's changing the numbers. I mean, I, I've been saying this throughout this campaign. People do think that, oh, he, you know, so-and-so got a good one in this debate and whatever. But no, the electorate is ready yeah. for a more sophisticated discussion. Albeit, let me ask you this. Um, I think people were tired of the of the liberals anyway, so they were on a decline, and and they had so many scandals and and problems and 
uh, struggles across the province. Had they been maybe a younger government, um, would we have, I mean, the scan, would, would this stuff have stuck? Or is it just that people are so, so anxious for change? Well, there were a few. The energy file was a big problem for right. the Liberals. Yeah. So, and they, they couldn't shake that. Yeah. It's, a, it's still an issue as people go to the polls. And, you know, we did run some scenarios, interestingly enough, where we looked at different leaders. If there had been different leadership at the Liberal Party, it wouldn't have led to them being elected, but they would have done better. Now, I know my listeners are saying, get to the projection, get to the projection, but I still have a couple more questions for you, so (laughs) be patient, be patient. Um, We had in the last couple of days, obviously, a big surprise, the June surprise for Doug Ford, a very personal matter, uh, one that both of his opposition uh, politicized, I guess, to, to score political points. Did that have any impact? It didn't have an impact on seats or on the vote. It, you know, definitely it lit up the conversation. People talked about it, um, but it has not, as far as Polly is concerned, it has not changed people's minds about how they're going to vote. That's that's a little surprising to me because I think when you talk, uh, you know, when you've been talking to us and certainly through other pollsters, the undecided number has been so high. You would think that would push them maybe into one uh, direction. Say, you know what, never mind. I'm just going to go with, let's say, Andrea Horvath. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, and we're not we're not seeing that that's happening. Um, our concern with such a high undecided vote, and particularly in some riding, sometimes when people are undecided, they don't vote at all. Right. And so that's a concern. Will this, it'll be interesting to see what voter turnout is. You know, often in provincial elections, it hovers around the 50% mark. So that's already low compared to, say, a federal election. So I think that's a shame if, if this kind of, if this, the nature of the campaign that keeps people away from the polls, I think that's that's another discussion that we need to have. But I think we're not seeing that those undecideds are now falling into a camp. They're staying undecided. Right. Okay. And they'll stay home then. But we did have a huge turnout for advanced polls. We did. So, um, and so that's, in, that's encouraging. Um, and uh, so, like I said, people were very engaged in, in the, you know, in the policy discussions. You know, we saw two million people in Ontario talking about the issues. And, and uh, so that's always encouraging. When we see high engagement, then it does bode well for people showing up to the polls. So there's a, there's a dichotomy there between the undecided. You know, also with the Liberals basically going out as an option, all those Liberals now, the reason I think we're seeing such a high undecided as well is because all those people who were Liberal are now feeling they, they have to change. And, you know, sometimes they're changing for the first time. So that's what causes the undecided to be high as well. Yeah. Okay, so what is, Paul? last time we talked to you, Polly was uh, unable to make the projection <clears throat> because it was just simply too close to calls. So you said she would mm-hmm. have to push the undecideds into their columns. And where is she? What is she projecting for tomorrow night? I'm not sure that I'm allowed to say at this point. That's what, um, I think Elections Ontario... Uh, prohibits us from uh, publishing any polls. We are allowed to say polls that we did yesterday that were published. And so what I would say is we have not seen a change. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did I oversell this? Oh, no. Okay, well, that's interesting. But so you you said on on, uh, Wednesday morning you would be able to to make a a projection or a decision. And so you have to then make that decision based on the numbers that you had seen on, let's say, Tuesday? Yeah, so I would say based on the numbers we saw Tuesday, uh, on Tuesday we saw um, the ND, uh, sorry, the PC, the PCs leading and getting a majority government, and I would say that that study still stands. 
So that stands. So, you know, and when you compare it to the traditional pollsters as Ipsos and, and a couple of the others that we've seen, they're all saying the same thing. It's that the PC party has the seat count, maybe not necessarily the popular vote. Well, yes, that's right. Even the, the popular vote, as we said, is in a statistical dead heat between the PCs and the NDP, but the PCs have a much more efficient vote. Um, and they are, you know, they, as I said um, earlier in the week, they were ahead in the seat count. But there is no chance uh, that, um, you know, the parties will sit back. Tomorrow's the big ground game. It's all about the ground game and who can get out the vote. And the advantage that the NDP will have is getting the unions, they'll get their buses, they will push everyone out to vote. And I assume, you know, if people decide that, you know, okay, I think the PCs can win and they stay home, they will lose. Oh, it's very important that everybody get their vote out. Um, So it's not over until it's over, right? And and, uh, absolutely, it is going to be critical because the popular vote is so neck and neck, because the the undecideds are so high, that each party has to make sure that the ones that they know are dedicated to them, that they're picking them up at home, they're getting them to the polling station, um, getting all those volunteers don't take any vote for granted because some of these ridings are quite close. Can you say, are you allowed to say which ridings are close? Like where the deciders will be? Is it that same southwestern kind of the Rust Belt uh, of Canada area? I'm not allowed to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's the same, you know, I think, um, yeah, it's it's southwestern Ontario is important. Yeah. Northern Ontario is important. Um, so don't take anything for granted. It's a seat count game. Yeah. It's not about being in the, the big cities. It's about getting uh, those seats. And, and we saw, you know, in the American election, that made all the difference. Winning the yeah. total vote does not mean you're going to win the districts. Or the right. Seats. Okay. So that means four more years of, well, we won the popular vote. And uh, we'll see those arguments <laughs> falling. Well, Aaron, I appreciate it very much. And uh, we'll see if Polly is right, I guess, tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Aaron Kelly, president and CEO of Advanced Symbolics. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but again, it's the same in line with all the other major pollsters that we're seeing, that the seat projection goes to the PCs. And, um, but it's, again, you got to get out and vote because we know polls have been wrong. So it's close. Advantage PC. You're listening to Global News Radio.